This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Welcome to episode 5 of the Blues Podcast and the first of 2020. This month, starting with a focus off the pitch and on the upcoming Blues Foundation. Unfortunately, Sam Roberts has been poached on loan in the January transfer window, so I'm Ryan Robinson, new to Bedford Blues, and I'm joined by the club's Chief Operating Officer, Gareth Alred, and Senior Independent Director of the Blues Foundation, Mark Ormerod. All present and correct then, so let's get straight into things. Mark, I was hoping you could maybe kick us off by just telling us a little bit about this, you know, exciting new project, the Blues Foundation, and how you came to get involved. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk about the Bedford Blues Foundation. So this is a new venture um, that we're looking at as, as an extension away from the club. Uh, and it's using the heritage, the brand, the collateral of Bedford Blues uh, to extend uh, what the Bedford Blues does out into the community. Um, so very excited about this as a new venture and uh, very pleased that Gareth's involved in this as well. Yeah, as Chief Operating Officer of Bedford Blues, uh, I have to wear two hats on this slightly as a trustee of Blues Foundation, which is something we wanted to talk about on this podcast. Um, we're pretty excited by the foundation becoming the charitable arm uh, of the club. It's been something we identified through the community stream of the club that we needed uh, to be able to take uh, different opportunities, uh, to be able to inspire a generation through rugby and the values that it brings. Um, but we've been lucky as well by the trustees we've brought on board. So uh, kind of what Mark really to interject and tell us a little bit and why you're involved actually okay. and um, and what it is that you bring to the table. Yeah, I mean the, the values are going to be key for the work that we that we intend to do. So um I think there are nine trustees at the moment. Uh we got a, a really good blend of uh, skills and expertise around the table. I think in the future over various podcasts we'll get different people involved to tell us about the role that they'll play. Um, but it's very much about, as I said, the, the heritage of the blues and how we can extend that out into the community because Bedford, as we know, is quite a mixed community. Um, it's affluent in some areas. It's got areas of severe deprivation uh, and different social challenges. And we're just thinking about how we can use, you know, what is everything that's good about the blues, the Bedford blues, about going out there sort of having some sort of societal change, some sort of impact about kind of the lives people lead through using um, rugby is a mechanism to, to change things. Yeah, and, and adding to that, kind of the advancement and promotion of informed lifestyle choices. So not just on the rugby pitch, not just um, whether that be in the schools that we work in, the clubs that we work in, but different demographics that don't have access to rugby and how um, the power of the values, the power of the brand can, I guess, help make uh, improved lifestyle choices. Yeah. I think some of the, some of the projects that we've potentially looked at helping... Mm. Uh, we've got one project which is around uh, prisoner rehabilitation, you know, HMP Bedford. Uh, we've got a project with uh, people with um, disabilities. And MK Snap, yeah. MK Snap, and, and it's those kind of things. And a project over in Queen's Park as well, uh, which is an area uh, where we think the, the Blues message can have a really strong impact over there. So, so it's about, you know, all the good that is, you know, that we recognise in rugby and through the Blues... Um, and just looking at the the change that can make to people's lives, not just in Bedford, but further afield in Bedfordshire as well. So very early days, but that's the sort of um, that's the sort of vision we have for the for the foundation. As both trustees, what are the ambitions of the charity? So I think it's what we've already touched on slightly um, through different fundraising uh, measures, grant funding, donations, uh, different things we're already uh, putting in place. And no doubt we'll we'll come on to that. It's to inspire those different demographics that don't have chance already, the brand to, to touch areas of 
amateur sport, education and training, but actually it's about who we target. So is it children? Is it women? Is it different demographics such as reduced access areas, socially challenging? Um, Mark mentioned earlier some of the projects that we're already working with, um, which are pilot programs for launch. I think ultimately, though, our ambition is to give access and use the values of rugby um, to inspire people, which, again, it seems like we're repeating that again, Mark, but um, there's lots of challenges in this community across Bedfordshire that I think rugby can really help with um, and use us as a positive driver for that change. Um, Mark, you've had experience of this, I guess, in, in your actual day-to-day roles. Well, a lot, and I think sport more generally. I mean, just, just the impact that it can have on physical activity levels, making people feel better about themselves, uh, mental health and mental well-being in terms of community cohesion, in terms of crime prevention. You know, sport is a brilliant thing for bringing people together. And I think rugby particularly given our backgrounds, growing up in Wales, we just saw the impact that rugby could have on a community. Um, and I think Bedford's still going to nurture that in some way. That the, the Blues, as I keep referring to, it's a brilliant brand. It's the best sports brand in Bedford. And it's just how we can use the collateral from that brand to achieve some of those sort of wider social aims. And fundraising is going to be part of that, I think, in terms of the, uh, the supporting... Uh, the supporters that we've got at the club already, but also in terms of the various charitable trusts, nationally as well as locally, about how we can leave a investment in through the foundation and then use rugby as a mechanism to, to make some of those deep-rooted social changes that we that we need to make in some areas of Bedford. And it's so varied as well. That's the, the real benefit of the foundation is it's, it's not just, right, OK, well-bodied, you know, let's stop obesity, actually, you know, mental health, as you've mentioned, Mark, but actually... Across the board, there's lots of challenges that we think the foundation will be able to support, and we're really excited by it. You know, the foundations really share, all of the trustees share that same vision, both as a club, but actually as a foundation, and actually from a wider point of view, you know, I still play rugby locally. I think there's a lot of power uh, that rugby has in this community that can do a lot of good in, in different people's lives. Yeah. And could you both give us a sort of, you know, progress update as we sit here now? We're in the process of uh, taking the charity through uh, the process of being recognised by the Charities Commission. And that's quite a lengthy and detailed process. As you'd expect, Charities Commission don't hand out charitable status to any organisation. So we're working through that, very confident that's going to happen. And we're going to hear something about it in the next couple of weeks. And then we can, we can formally launch the charity then. We've actually been working on this uh, coming up to two years. So 18 months ago that the trustees were appointed. So it is taking some time uh, to get it absolutely right. And that's, uh, that's you know, it's yeah. just what we'd expect. I think two things. It, we'd be lying if we didn't say we were frustrated by um, uh, the speed at which charity status is, is being achieved. But, you know, as, as Mark said, there's a lot of issues around that. There's uh, a lot of governance and we'd prefer to do things correctly as well. We've been very lucky with Mark's experience um, from both Sports England days uh, and more recently Leap that we've been able to understand that, that governance point a bit easier. Um, Jeff Coombe, a fellow trustee, has, has done a great piece of work on safeguarding. Mark, Gareth mentioned there a little bit about your previous experience at Sport England. Could you just take us through a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and avoid the history lesson because it seems like a long time ago now. But I, I, I grew up loving sport. I had very sporty parents uh, and, and took a decision sort of fairly early on in my academic career to do an MSc in sport and rec management and joined the Sports Council in 95 uh, in the research team. And uh, Sports Council then became English Sports Council and then Sport England, the lottery distributor. And I was there some 17 years. So 
it, 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 it's fantastic, you know, now to be able to put something back at a local level. I've worked nationally for a long time. My day job is with LEAP, and we're a, a county-based organisation that, that have very similar values. We're trying to enhance the lives of, of all people through sport and physical activity. And then I'm also chairman of a, a regional charity called Sports Aid, which is helping elite young people uh, secure funding, and you know, many of them go on to, to great things, you know, at the Olympics and so forth. So... Um, so, so I think bringing that range of experience for me, this is, this is a fantastic role and very uh, honoured to have been asked to become a trustee, to have uh, something that's local and something that I'm, I'm passionate about and something that's within walking distance mm. as well. I, I think you might have just realised why I asked you to be a trustee now, Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a great bunch of trustees as well. Um, actually, kind of stem from a conversation, me and uh, a fellow Bedford Blues director uh, and now chairman of Bedford Blues Foundation, James Stoner, uh, originally had. It's his enthusiasm that really has carried this through. We're, we're pretty excited about what the potential is. And actually, we found a gap in the Blues Community Programme that meant we weren't able to secure funding through charitable status. Uh, we just see an opening really of, of something and found like-minded people who wanted to support the cause and Mark's experience was, was right up there and um, made him an obvious choice to, to come in but we've got some great people on board as well. Good point about James, I mean it was, it was that enthusiasm, that vision and that passion that really attracted me to it, as well as Gareth, um, but it, no but it was, it was James that really I think has attracted such a, you know, a, um, a good group of people, high calibre trustees to come in and work with us and um, yeah it, it's it, it's great when you have somebody that's that passionate uh, and with that vision to and we really hope that that sort of transcends through the work that we do out through the the Bedford Blues through the community through the supporters uh, and much wider as well if we can take that enthusiasm I think through this foundation uh, we can achieve all of the visions that we've set out all of the ambitions that we've got and really have a huge impact locally. Yeah, and how in you know the more recent future do you go about ful fulfilling those visions that you spoke about? First thing is securing the charitable status um, from Charities Commission. Then we're a bona fide charity, um, so that that gives us the platform that we need to secure funding. And you know I've been in this business a long time, distributed nearly four bil billion pounds worth of funding through Sport England, and it does take money. It takes enthusiasm. It takes passion. It takes the vision, but we also need to get um, some investment in through the charity to start having an impact and doing some, some, some good work that we're planning to. Yeah, it'll become much clearer once we launch uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, we're not quite there. When we do, we will have a lot of things in place for people to get involved, uh, whether that be from trustee level right down to subcommittees, to fundraising, to sponsorship, to patrons. We're looking to launch with a couple of ambassadors on board. Uh, we've got events planned. So... We're excited, but equally we're realistic. You know, a big thing of Bedford Blues, set pretty much from our chairman Jeff Irvine, is, is all the way down that we're realistic. Uh, we know where we are. We know what we're about. We're not going to get too carried away until we've got those platforms, those foundations, literally in place um, to be able to uh, to achieve the outcomes. And um, like I said, we've got some great people already on board, and we hope that the Blues community, in terms of the supporters, in terms of people inside Bedfordshire as a region, can um, can see the opportunities and the vision that we're trying to create. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there some of the sub-levels. Um, can you just try and, you know, explain uh, to what, you know, extent Blues fans could actually get involved with the Blues Foundation? Yeah, I'll try. Uh, I think fundraising is key. Um, supporters will be able to see the end outcomes, hopefully, once we launch the new website for the foundation, the opportunities that will come around that. 
But I think there's going to be opportunities um, to get involved in terms of a bi-monthly dinner in the new Liveshore suite that we hope to, to host here um, with different speakers involved. So hopefully there'll be a part to it to engage, to see what we're up to, experience what we're about, what we're trying to achieve. But it's important to distinguish uh, separation between Bedford Blues, the rugby club, limited business, as opposed to the charity. Um, there is going to be opportunity for fans to get involved. And look, don't get me wrong, we're looking to use and harness the power of the brand and what is the rugby club to be able to attract people to the charity. But it is separate. The, the separation is key and the Charities Commission have been pretty strict, uh, as they need to be, um, just with that clear blue water that we need to have between Bedford Blues uh, Limited and Bedford Blues Foundation. And that's just so everybody's... Um, perfectly comfortable with the transparency about how we operate, how we raise money, how that money is reinvested into the community and just clear lines between us. So, And that's common practice in charities. And, you know, and I think we've seen this with other sport education trusts and foundations associated with sports clubs. Um, and we'll look to emulate that and do it better. You know, we're, we're learning from others. We've got connections to, to other partnerships as well and other, other trusts. Um, Some so, great examples out there already looking even at other rugby clubs, you know. Saracens Foundation is actually, uh, yeah, Saracens themselves uh, at the moment. Might be a different conversation, but Saracens Foundation do a fantastic yes, amount is, of work. Yeah. Um, Bristol Foundation, the Bristol yep. Sport Foundation, um, you know, there's some great models out there. And actually even even lower down, there's there's some different opportunities, you know, that you see some local trust, you know, actually in football even, you know, MK set, there's things that we can learn from them, yeah. things we want to change, things that are pretty unique to us. Um, but there is lots to be learned from um, cross-pollination in different sports and also looking at trusts that are locally. Um, you know, the Harper Trust are a fantastic yeah, example yeah. on our doorstep that we hope to work with. Um, it's, it's where we are, isn't it? I mean, small acorns at the moment, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the ambition over many, many years, decades, I mean, this is not something that we're setting up to run for three years and then close down. We're looking to embed something into the community and, God, I hope this is going long time after I've finished. You mm-hmm. know, and I've done my yeah. term of office and we hand over a charity which is much more established, much more developed, having a real impact uh, locally and we hand it on to the next generation of trustees. We're a small charity at the moment. We're very uh, realistic where we are, but taking it back to, to right now, the present day, the game changer for us is appointing a foundation support manager. Um, we've, we're actually just at interview stage now. We're pretty excited by finding the right person to take this forward. Uh, and actually supporters, anybody interested, can already get involved with us as trustees. Uh, just drop us an email, chairman at bluesfoundation.org.uk. I think James will thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. Two, two, three hundred emails a day. (laughs) He's got got a very good PA. Please Um, send them in. I think, you know, we want people to already get in touch and and talk about what they might be able to bring to us. We haven't got all the ideas. We want people to come to us and tell us how they can improve what we're offering. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Like I said, there'll be a website launched um, pretty soon, as soon as we get that charity status, where people will be able to interact with us as well. And and hopefully donate. That'd be nice. It's beginning to feel very real. And I think with the appointment of the support manager, say it is feeling like we are about to cross the line, go live with a number of things, and after two years' work, suddenly it's going to start motoring. Thank you, Ryan and co. Now we move on to Chat in the Hat with Sam Leeming and Jordan on a Jafe. What day of the week would you like to get rid of, Lima? Um, I would get rid of... Surely Monday. It's got to be Monday or Sunday. No, it's got, I think most people. Yeah, would, I quite like Monday. Sundays chilled after the game. Monday and then yeah, straight Monday. into Tuesday. Straight to Tuesday, straight into the meat of the week. Yeah. 
Joe, what is your New Year's resolution? Hmm. Not a big fan of New Year's resolutions because most people don't stick to them. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got a bit of one. I'm recently moving into a new flat and uh, want to be a bit tidier. Not living with anyone, so it's just me. So I've got no excuses to leave. Do the dishes, get it done, tie stuff away. Yeah, mine, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be doing my uni work like on time instead of like, putting it off. What's the best way to fall asleep? Hot shell, hot shell before bed. I'm a big fan of hot shell before bed. Proper relaxing, isn't it? Um, I like to have a bit of a read as well. Yeah. And just you just doze off. Read something on the phone, hot shell. Yeah. Nah, get the phone away. I don't like. I find oh, I it, it. it keeps me awake. I love it. Wait, do you? Not not too long. If you get too engrossed, you just yeah. find stuff like staying up till like yeah. gone twelve. Yeah. Agreed. Hot shell and a, a bit of a read. Lovely. Who's your celebrity lookalike? I don't know. I love to put like Denzel Washington out there, but I'm not sure. Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I've had I've Channing Tatum. I've had that. Jamie Jamie Baines. I looked like someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. It was someone well, like. Any, any suggestions? It was someone like Will Smith or something like stupid like that. I've no. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Yeah, Will Smith's not my shout. Okay. You take that, wouldn't you? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Thank you, Sam and Jordan, or should I say, Channing Tatum and Will Smith. Now we hear what happened when Ryan caught up with Joe Rafter and Henry Paul after recently signing new deals with the club this week. Have a listen. Pleased to be joined by two exciting young props who have just announced the news that they have re-signed with Bedford Blues next season. I'm with Joe Rafter. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon. And I'm also with Henry Paul. Good afternoon, Henry. Good afternoon, mate. Well, both. Um, many congratulations on re-signing for another season at Goldington Road. First of all, um, what made you want to um, extend your stay here? Yeah, it's a good club. Uh, I play some good rugby and um, some good people around. It's just... Uh, probably the um, primary uh, reason why I stayed and uh, yeah no it's just a good place to be and uh, push yourself and uh, no it's a great environment to be in. Uh, it's just a club comes with a lot of history um, so joining here is a bit kind of naive in that and then the longer I've been here I've kind of realised the importance it has uh, around the community uh, in the town centre and stuff and then wider of that everyone I speak to outside of Bedford seems to know of Bedford and know people who have played for Bedford and some big names so yeah it's just great to kind of put your name into that a little bit and just try and add something to the club in general. Yeah, and presumably, you know, part of the reason you've signed is that you are, you know, enjoying your time within the, the Blues family. Um, what makes it such a special place to be here as a part of the Bedford Blues? I think it's just the fact that it's not just about the club, it's the whole community everywhere you go, like whether it's the gym, whether it's coffee shops and that, like people know you and they're, they're very welcoming to chat to you about the game and, and ask you bits about it and um, and you really feel involved, so it, it, I've been to a few clubs where it feels like you're just, it's all about the club, whereas here it's all about the town and, and uh, the history of it. Yeah, the same, yeah, like Henry, Henry said, like, you know, it's a proper sort of uh, town, like, you know, players, uh, fan sort of environment, um, and you know, when you walk out on a Saturday and uh, you've got people uh, yeah. Screwing you on, it, uh, it uh, makes you want to do better. So, uh, no, nah, yeah, definitely what Henry says, I you know, echo all that, really. Yeah, and I know it's your birthday coming up, Joe, but for the time being, you're both 23 as we, as your we birthday, speak that today. <laughs> but you've, you know, enjoyed, both both have enjoyed a lot of championship ro- rugby so far mm. this season. Um, how, how, how have you found the test at this level so far? 
No, it's good, you know, it's just, uh, I think, little details I picked up in my game where, you know, before we could just rely on sort of, you know, your, your own sort of your ability, but this year worked a lot harder on little aspects, and those things can make a massive difference, and uh, we've got some good guys in the squad who you know, help you out with that, but uh, it's just actually, you go, you go, you train every day, it's how you can get better, actually, and um, what you're doing, so, but no, nah, overall, great, and um, that's been a real, um, real beneficiary, really, let's put it that way. Yeah, the same, just echo what Raf said, like, it's like the, the little details that go a long way, so just getting getting picked up on them bits, like Raf said, there's there's a few boys here, some old heads, Alex Penny, Atka and stuff, who are quite quick on grabbing you for bits and real real good on uh, giving you those little those little extra bits that go a long way in the game, so it's been a test, like, uh, it's always going to be stepping up from National 1 to Championship, but it's just something, it's why we all play, to test yourself against people better and then and see how you come out at the end of it, so... Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, the mood around the camp's going to be so high. Start 2020 with two successive wins and the first at Goldington Road last weekend. Um, you know, confidence must be the highest since you've both arrived here in the summer. Yeah, definitely. Like, last last Saturday against Hartbury was the uh, the first time I've actually won at Goldington Road. So I wasn't involved in one of the pre-season games. So just to get a win in front of that, like, what was it, 2,000 odd people was, was class. And to really feel that they got involved into it and you were kind of giving something back to them and they left enjoying themselves and in good spirits. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, like, like what Henry said, it's... Um, you know, the last few games have been good. Um, we've just been working hard in training and uh, that sort of paid dividend the last few days, but the uh, last few games, sorry. And um, we've been working hard all season, but we had fixed up a little, some little areas of the game and, uh, yeah, we're on a bit of a roll at the moment and let's hope that can continue. Yeah, and I'm sure all players set, you know, targets for the season. I'm sure you've already set some and you've met some so far this season, but what are you planning from now till the end of the season and obviously next season because you'll be here at Bedford Yeah, Foods. yeah, yeah, just to get better, be the best I can possibly be whether that be set piece around the around the field, um, get myself fitter, faster and stronger. And uh, you can always do that. Look at little areas of my game to improve and uh, keep learning off guys. You know, Sean, Sean McCarthy's a great guy to pick up little details from and um, he brings a lot to the game. So, yeah, just learn off, you learn off players who you know, have been around longer than me and, um, yeah, that's, that's the plan, really. Yeah, very similar to Raf. Obviously, been young like props. It's the scr- the scrum and your uh, your set piece is always just going to be a bread and butter, and it's the things you've got to work on. And like we saw in the World Cup, it's never no one's a complete article, and everyone has their good days and their bad days. So yeah, it's just trying to get bringing consistency to the game. So week on week, you you're, you're playing at a minimum standard, and then just trying to build on that with little bits. And you always want to get your hands on the ball more and make more tackles and stuff. But as long as you nail the the set piece and your uh, your basics, then you're moving in a good direction. Joe, you mentioned there about the skipper. Um, obviously, that must be the the easiest way that you know the captain is your your same position. You must be learning so much so far this season. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, Sean brings you know a lot to the game. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. Knows a lot of the plays. Uh, a lot more plays than me anyway. It wouldn't be hard. But uh, no, no, he's a great guy, and uh, it's great to learn a bit off. Uh, he brings a lot to the game. And I try and do what you know, I try and do. But uh, no, it's great. It's great to have him around, and uh, like, I look forward to working with him for. The next year and Henry you've started 11 of the 15 games so far this season I guess when you came here did you you know um, ever dream that 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 would be the case did you expect to play so play so many minutes this season uh, I was hoping so yeah but no being realistic I didn't come in here I didn't think I was going to uh, going to start that many games like, I knew Alex Penny's an experienced head and then obviously when he went down in pre-season uh, or was it cup game that that kind of was my shot to, to jump in but even coming here, Mike, Mikey was very, very clear on that. There's a lot of rotation, and that if you're playing well, you're going to get you're going to get the opportunity to to play. So yeah, it's been 
it's been class to get that many starts and hopefully we just keep carrying on. Yeah, and I want you to take me into the, you know, the dressing room environment now. I haven't been here long, I'll, I'll admit, but I would have to say that Joe strikes me as one of the bigger, you know, He's a bit of a character, characters yeah. <laughs> around around the dressing room. But, but for obviously you, you can tell us what Joe's like in the dressing room as well, but who else are the main, you know, characters uh, well, that you're so learning from so far this season? Learning from and, and just what the characters are like, it's a bit different. So there's, there's two change rooms we kind of split into for throughout the weeks and stuff. You've got the first team change room, which is where like the, the high rollers, they kind of go there. So your big boys, your laners and your deans, they're kind of in there. And then us, a bit more humble lads are down in changing room too, you know. We've got a nice little system going on there. We all pay taxes and stuff. It's... Uh, we all kind of buy in for it, good coffee and things like that. Um, but now there's lots of lots of characters. Budgie's uh, one that I've never quite experienced anything like before. Um, but it, it's boys like that that bring so much to the team. And when when we were going through those tough times of losing all them games, you you look for them boys to bring that bit of spark when you get to training to get boys to laugh to get you out of that rut. Because when you lose on a Saturday and you're there whole week trying to build for the next week, it can get you down. So you do really need them characters to to pull you through and get boys laughing and, and get everyone's spirits up. And Joe, is it fair to say that you would go, you know, uh, along with what Henry's just said? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, you know, it's, uh, Bridget's a funny guy, does a, does a good job like, and uh, there's a few others actually, uh, <laughs> there's a few other funny guys, but nice uh, I, I, tr- I try and keep it PG for this now, you know, but uh, no, we've had some, you know, we've had some good socials and uh, there's uh, some good characters like, but uh, I think uh, that's all anyone really wants to know. <laughs> and I guess the final message... Uh, well, final question for you both, I suppose, is um, you, you know just a, just a short statement. Do you have a message for the supporters now that you'll be here for eighteen months? Yeah, just uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Um, keep turning out. It's um, yeah, it's been great. You know, it's quite humbling actually. The support week in, week out, and uh, just keep it up, keep it up, and uh, we'll try and uh, do as best we can and get some results. Exactly what Raf said. We'll um, we'll keep working hard off the pitch, and then uh, we see you in the marquee, and hopefully we have a win. We'll share a beer afterwards. Brilliant. Joe, Henry, thank you for joining me this afternoon. We now cross to Grill with Will. This is Grill with Will, 20 questions with Jacob Fields. Nickname? Cubby. Position? Two. Left or right? Right. Light blue or dark blue? Dark blue. Flowers or chocolates? Chocolates. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. In or out? Out. Coffee or tea? Tea. Dogs or cats? Neither. Hugs or kisses? Hugs. Bits or no bits? Bits. Rock or more? Rocks. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Martin Johnson or Johnny Wilkinson? Martin Johnson. Red or brown? Red. Deal or no deal? Deal. Christmas or birthday? Christmas. Morning or evening? Evening. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. One-on-one, Mike or Deborah? Deborah. Hi guys, Ed Coulson here. Love listening to the Bedford Blues podcast, especially on the way to training. Catch you guys soon. Cheers. Message received. One sentence challenge. Three questions. Three sentences. This week's players. Matt Orley. Josh Ajaya. Okay, Matt, sum up the Cornish Pirates game in one sentence. It was pretty long, I'd say. The bus journey... That was an interesting experience, my first trip down there. Uh, but the game, tough encounter, I'd probably say, and close to a deserving win for us, I reckon. That's probably as accurate as it can get. 
and in one sentence describe how you're going to try and beat Jersey here at Goldenton Road. What we've been working on throughout the week, we've, uh, we're in a good good place at the moment. I'm fortunate last, uh, against Pirates, but I think if we stick to what we are doing in training uh, and we know all our roles and everything, we should, in front of a home crowd, get a very good game. And in one sentence describe your teammate Josh Bajaya. No words. Okay, so Josh Bajaya, describe how the Cornish Pirates game went in one sentence. Okay, comma. Uh, we think it. Uh, I think overall it was a, a good per, good performance. Where comma, we were uh, obviously gutted, uh, gutted not to get the results. Uh, tough, tough, op- tough opposition, but held a good account of ourselves and we'll be ready to go for the weekend. Full stop. And in one sentence, sum up how you think you're going to beat Jersey here at Goldenton Road. Hard work and uh, good performance, um, working on what we've, uh, what we need to work on from last week. If that makes sense, comma full stop. And in one sentence, sum up your teammate Matt Worley. Happy, dot dot dot. And that is all we have time for for this episode of the Bedford Blues podcast. I'd like to thank everyone who has contributed to this episode and I'd like to thank you for listening. Hope to see you soon at Goldenton Road. And there's only one more thing to say. Come on, you blues.